When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Middle call! Hey, me, hey! Welcome, everybody, to a, another edition of the Haberman and Middlecoff podcast. Guy Haberman, John Middlecoff. It is Wednesday afternoon. Kyle Shanahan and Trey Lance just spoke. And um, we've got Tito's on deck. we got a bunch of DraftKings picks to make. We've got our lock of the week uh, back. We actually we've, we did a lot of talking about the lock of the week, John. We haven't nailed down the amount that we're going to uh, start off with. So we can, uh, we can hash that out. $7,000? $7,000. Each? Each. And... Uh, Fourteen thousand dollars per game, so that that lock is uh, it better be locky. Very locky. one philosophy I'd say before we dive into the podcast because I did it the other night. I just when I was in Nashville, the games were starting. I'm like, I gotta gamble a little bit, so I just threw four hundred dollars in there. Obviously, I win the Cincinnati game. Boom, I have eight hundred dollars. Then I was like, you know, rooting for a guy at Florida State, like value. You know, LSU's in shambles. I'm just going to bet. I don't have a great feel. I wasn't confident. Obviously, LSU major favorite, you know, four point favorite fucking at home. <laughs> I mean, in uh, uh, the Superdome. But I was like, OK, I'll do it. And then all of a sudden I had four hundred dollars win that game. I have twelve hundred dollars. Monday night comes around. It's kind of slow, right? You know, the end of Labor Day. I'm like, well, there's a game on. I felt obligated to gamble. I'm like, well, I don't know anything about Georgia Tech. Cincinnati, their quarterback might or, you know, and I bet on it. And I bet on the first half and I obviously lost because Georgia tech kicked the field goal. Cover. Yeah. And I realized like, why am I betting on one thing I'm going to try not to do? If I don't have a feel, we don't like it. Like you don't just have to gamble to gamble, just bet on what you like. Or if something like in my gut, I feel value here, do it like Florida state, but don't, if you got a little cash, cause I get this a lot in my DMS, like, Hey, just got an extra hundred dollars in my account. Do you like anything? Well, if you don't like anything, it's cool. Just waiting. A day I was still obligated to answer that with something though, you know? Me too. It's obligated to tell people, all right, here's a game. I don't love it, but just here's a game if you want to bet something. That's why, unless you are super fired up on, and you're going to be wrong sometimes, it's fucking gambling. Just take a deep breath and wait till the next lane. Because I think it happens a lot on the standalone games. Like, I need action on the Monday night game. Well, sure. like, I wouldn't recommend. Well, 
Rams, Bills. Rams, but I mean, I, yeah, that to me is a little easier of a game. I would say the gamble than the game on Monday night when it's like Seattle, Denver. It's just, but you're gonna you're gonna want to bet against someone. But there's a lot of unknowns. Like I could see Seattle having a crazy upset. Could also see Denver win by twenty. At least if you bet on a side going into the Rams Bills game, whatever side you bet on, you feel pretty good going into the game. Like if you like the Bills, you like the Bills, sure. feel pretty good. If you like the Rams, I mean they're just defending yeah, champs. The one is I would feel if I bet the Bills and lost, I'd feel I'd be a little annoyed because I'm like it's just I got the Rams at home getting points. Like that just seems like an easy bet. If I make that bet and lose, I can live with making that bet and losing. But if you think the Bills are going to win, like all of the world, I don't know if you saw somebody posted like. I don't know if it was the NFL Network's people or like who's pick. It's like twenty people picking the the Bills to win the championship. Everyone's picking the Bills. The Bills are being picked as much as anyone's ever been picked to start a season. I think. feels like they're being considered like they're Alabama or something of the NFL. Like they're they're on a mission. They got th- like well, they lost their offensive coordinator, and yeah, they're really good. But it's not like they've been to the. It's not like they've done it before and almost got there and came up short. Now they're about to do it again, climb the mountain. Like they haven't got to the last checkpoint atop atop Mount Everest. Have they been past the second round of the playoffs with this crew? Last year's game was was not the AFC Championship game, so no. And the previous year was was Chiefs versus the Bucks, but I don't know who the Chiefs played. But I don't think it was them. Again, might be them. Might they might be fine as long as Ken Dorsey's a great play caller, John. They're in great shape. Yeah, 49er. The 49er, Ken Dorsey. Somebody on the chat said, and this is this is good memory, said, because uh, you said don't bet things you don't love. Where did the, uh, I lost the comment. But it said don't bet on college games. I think last year when we were doing our lock of the week, did we avoid college games for a while? I feel like we did avoid college games for a while. Our we, we, we just wrote our philosophy of taking a playoff team versus a team we thought was a potential top five draft pick. Yeah, That, that was just, sorry, I think our tried and true philosophy. We bet against the Giants like three straight weeks and won. I think if we stick to that philosophy – because I think college, you you can overthink. Sure. I think it's an easy sport to overthink, and you don't have quite the information. And the right? numbers can be humongous. The numbers can be massive. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, you just see, like, I would say that Washington State, let's use this example, is viewed as, like, a credible program, and they're going to go to a bowl game. They're playing Wisconsin, who probably, when the dust settles, will be multiple lost team. And they are almost a 20-point favorite. Like, the equivalent in the NFL of a team that's going to go, like, nine and eight versus a 13 win team that spread is like seven or six right yeah, yeah. hell maybe five it's what honestly i liked wisconsin in that game because i thought in my head like all right this will be 13 and a half I'll, I'll pick wisconsin to cover but it's not it's 17 and a half points although i did text a buddy who uh did some hashtag film study on wisconsin and he said they might have the best backfield in america was his assessment so yeah and a, and a really good and a, and a reloaded defense was the quote i got so I did not watch Wisconsin. I honestly, I couldn't tell you who they played last week. Do you remember? Did you see Wisconsin last week? No. Um, I can. I I also here's the other thing. I think you feel better, like for example, this weekend taking Houston plus seven against Indy than you do these random teams like plus twenty against Wisconsin or plus twenty Texas. against Auburn. <laughs> yeah, Alabama's twenty against Texas. Would you touch Texas plus twenty? Uh, no. No, no, San Jose State plus whatever against Auburn. You know, all these two or uh, it might even be bigger than that. Yeah, these I I don't touch those. We did one time last year and it turns out we did. It was Ole Miss. It was Ole Miss. Yeah. Yeah. 
It was a lot of points too. Well, they and they had the best year in the history of the program. Yeah, we had we took Alabama to cover against them. Is that what it was? Yeah, and it was clear they were just going touchdown for touchdown. Uh, all right, John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about what you drink when you're having a good time, when the bets are going good or the bets are going bad. Whenever you want to have a good hang, whether with other people or just by yourself, you go to Tito's. Tito's Handmade Vodka. They sponsor this podcast. We're so uh, always so thrilled to be uh, partners with Tito's. And it uh, is something that I, a lot of you people are already turned on to. But if you're not turned on to Tito's, baby, get turned on. Tito's. <laughs> we we had a lot of people uh and really over the last couple of weeks they've tweeted at us they've instagrammed at us of uh their fantasy football drafts and drinking john daly's drinking tito's with soda a lot of fantasy football drafts include handles of booze it's not just like one uh you know just a normal bottle a handle which we like we get very very excited when you send us a picture of a handle of booze i love this during the season like Friday with the boys. It's like 7 a.m. Handle of Tito's. Like that's get that gets my juices flowing. Yeah, here we go. Uh somebody uh here's can a you photo of Paul? I should have I should have grabbed these pictures, but there's one from Paul, fantasy football draft. Here's another one uh from Endo playing golf in Kauai, John, with his that little, made me, that made his me little Tito's right there. That, that was good. And the ocean in the background. Oh shit. So there was there was a couple. Um, it's simple. It's smooth. Every sip delicious Tito beverage, the man himself all the way back to 95. He's had a longer run of dominance than Nick Saban unanimous judge, uh, choice, double gold medals at the world spirits competition, best vodka tonic. And it's still made on the same land where he all started in Austin, Texas recipes, videos, and more Tito's vodka.com. Yes, John. Sorry. Didn't our guy Tito beverage attend the university of Texas, Austin guy. So, I mean, boom, well, I know it's an early kickoff, 11 a.m., but would you imagine there are going to be some Tito's drank before a uh, uh, World Tide yeah. kicks off? Yeah, yeah. 11 a.m. there, which that's a 9 a.m. game for us on the West Coast if you're out on the West Coast. But uh, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Maybe a Tito's and peach tea. I don't think uh, it's very often that Texas and Oklahoma played the 11 kickoff, do they? The eleven local. Well, yeah, I mean the the central. When they're on kickoff. big noon, would be the time. Really, and I guess they would do it for the red rival. Is always big noon game. Yeah, because yeah. Clatt's always calling that. Yeah. So, I mean, Ohio State did it a lot last year for the big noon kickoff. But know? they are they get that extra hour. I, I do. There is a to me a difference between noon and eleven. You know, Ohio State is yeah, yeah, yeah that's t- true. Time zone. That's true. Yeah. Um, John also. Since we mentioned it, we might as well just dive. Is it time for our lock of the week? Should we just yeah. do our lock of the week right let's now? Just do, let's just do it now. All right. Uh, the formula, here's what you do. You get on the app. You go to DraftKings. You put in the code HAM, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers, you bet 5 bucks, you get $200 in free bets instantly. 200 bucks in free bets instantly when you just bet $5. That's incredible. I'm scrolling through the app right now as we speak. Guy and and as an added bonus for week one, God, it's week one. It's finally here. We waited all year long, and it's here. Everyone can experience the thrill on DraftKings early win promotion. Think how great this is, guy. It's simple. Bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by ten points at any time during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team loses. Up ten, immediate payout for you. Download the DraftKings sportsbook now. And use the promo code HAM, $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code HAM only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, all right. So what is our pick going to be? We've uh, we thought long and hard about this. But our lock of the week. What are we putting on it? What did we do last year? 300 bucks? Yeah, let's go 500. 500. So we'll start the pot with 500 bucks in. Um, and our pick is going to be? I think we're going to stick with the strategy. We're going to take a playoff team versus a team we think is going to be terrible. And I know a lot of people have said, the weather, the rain. We're not going to budge. We're not going to let that get into our head. We're going to take the Niners minus seven at the Chicago Bears. And our philosophy is simple. Playoff team versus a team that, I don't know about you, I fully expect them to be drafting in the top five. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of reasons not to pick the Niners. If you, like, from a fundamental reason, right? This is a road favorite, seven points. It's the largest line in the NFL at this point this week. And uh, we got burnt, almost burned on it last week, week one. Remember, we took them against the Lions, and the Lions awoke from the dead for a late fourth quarter push. Whatever that score is, I don't know if you can. If you, I'm looking it up right now. We got 41 to 33. Yeah, the Lions scored so 16 points in the fourth quarter. So, yeah. So that was that one hurt. That one hurt. This is less points. You know what the um, halftime score was, guy? 31 to 10. Yeah, we were feeling ourselves. <laughs> we were feeling ourselves. So uh, I don't know if you saw Justin Fields' quote. He said, "I'm I'm not going to hold my left tackle. I'm not going to expect my left tackle to never get beat by Nick Bosa this week." I'm going to be real. That's what he uh, said about Alex Leatherwood. Not Alex Leatherwood, whoever <laughs> his other guy is. Um, and, you know, here's the thing. Like, Uber Flus, three top ten defenses in the last four years in Indy. I think Uber Flus might actually be a pretty good coach for them. But if this is what we think it is, which is one of the most talented rosters in the NFL, a true Super Bowl contender, um, despite the line, we talked about it last week, would have been great to get it at six and a half, despite the weather. Here's something else on the weather. The 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 Bears have put in Uberflus, which is I'm kind of pro Uberflus, but here's a red flag: Is he overly uh, obsessed with the details, or is this just a detail oriented thing that a great coach would do? John, he made them replace their turf. They have switched from Kentucky bluegrass, which is what they had in the preseason, to Bermuda, a Bermuda strain called Tahoma 31. Guys, is this the is this the Honda Classic we're talking about here? <laughs> Tahoma 31, nine of the 16 teams in the NFL that have natural grass use Bermuda. Only four have Kentucky bluegrass. And why this might benefit the 49ers is this grass is supposed to be better in winter. It's supposed to be better in kind of the sloppier conditions. Well, I flo- flo- well Florida has Bermuda. Florida has Bermuda. Okay. Well, the, 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 the preseason apparently was a mess at Soldier Field. And so Uber Flu said, enough with this. We're replacing the grass. We're putting in Tahoma 31, which actually sounds like a play call or a Peyton Manning's uh, production company. Or a strain of weed or something. Or a strain of weed or something. Yeah, there will be something soon. Um, But so maybe that benefits. Now it's brand new, so no one's really played on it yet. So we'll see. It's supposed to be something that takes very quickly and you can plan it quickly, but just something to be aware of. Hopefully if it's, there's supposed to be maybe some showers Saturday night, Sunday morning, maybe the field can handle that. Uh, I would say that, you know, a lot of people push back on the turf just around the league and just in general, right? Uh, I think Soldier Field is very old school. It's always been grass, has been widely considered the biggest joke turf in the ground. So I, I'm not giving Uberflus that much credit because I think a lot of people, the knock on the Bears have always been 
they are a, for a big franchise with I'm sure their fan base medium income is right there with the Niners and like the Giants. And honestly, it might be way higher than the Giants because the Giants have so many fans that number's probably clo- lower. But they are cheap, and that field sucked. I remember when I was with the Eagles, we were like rolling going in there to play them, and Michael Vick could not keep his footing. And that's just – I mean, it's been like that for forever. Uh, so I give them, I mean, credit for having enough juice to like get them to do it. But like I think every human being that's ever played there, whether it be a coach, a player, has been like, this field's a joke. You know, here's your uh, you sent me this yesterday. You saw this cost to attend an NFL game. Um, uh, The Bears, to your point, uh, top 10, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ninth most expensive cost of four tickets. Niners coming in at number one, 900 bucks for a family of four Uh, bucks, Chiefs, Raiders, Cowboys in your top four Rams, Eagles, Texans, Bears, Pats. Think about that. If you are, oh, I'm sorry, a thousand dollars. You you wanted to take like you know a brother and the, your kid and his kid cost you a thousand dollar cheapest ticket. That means you're sitting in at the top of Levi State. That's, That's yeah, a thousand is ticket four tickets plus parking plus beers plus soda plus hot dogs. But promo code ham. Try that. Come on, Guido. Promo code ham. Guido's like to ching. So that's what we're going with. Um, at other games we considered, we can mention uh, one game that stood out to me as a game that was almost too obvious the other way. I would not bet this game, but Giants plus six was actually a game that stood out to me as a game of of interest. Um, Raiders plus four would not be shocked, obviously, if the Chargers win, so I couldn't make that a lock, and that's not part of our formula. Two good teams, we think, but that was one. How about you? A couple other games that stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, I, to me, just underdogs week one at home. I mean, it's I don't... I actually think the Houston and the Lions, either team, could get to like 7-9 and nine, or 7-10 and 10 and be feisty. Plus 7 against the Colts. Like, I mean, Matt Ryan's never played. Matt Ryan's been losing a lot. Like, a lot. Now, this team's a lot better in Atlanta, but plus 7 at home? And the Lions plus four at home against the Eagles. I like the Eagles this year, but holy shit. I mean, they're just going to come out and just kick everyone's ass on the road. Like, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I saw the Lions last year. They were much worse, and they played the 49ers within eight points, right? So, and then the Niners the next week go and beat the Eagles. I I know last year is kind of irrelevant to now, but my point is these first week games, I I don't know. I mean, I just, I like Houston and Lions. Like, I'm going to put my own money on those two games this week for sure. We're getting points. And that's, Seven points for the Texans? That's a lot of points week one for a team that I, I don't think anyone is going to be that shocked if they win six or seven games. Doesn't mean they're they, they the Falcons won seven games last year, and we all agreed they sucked. You know, seven points week one. That to me seems pretty high, guy. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think anytime you get bad teams that were bad last year and you get these week one lines where they're where they get a lot of points, uh, I would I th- and I think both of those games kind of fit the bill, right? Teams that were bad last year, people just, you just kind of assume early on they're going to be bad again. I'll tell you the other one. Um, Patriots I, Miami. Well, there's that. No, I was going to say, I was going to say Steelers. I think they're six and a half right now with the Bengals. They got their ass kicked twice last year by Cincinnati. Definitely, they got their ass kicked once. They lost twice to Cincinnati. And as bad as their quarterback situation might be, I just. I don't know, man. Give me, what's the line there? Uh, buh, 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 six and a half. Six and a half. Where's the game? Cincy. Steelers getting six and a half. It's a lot of points for a team that I think 
most people think that Steelers defense can be pretty good. So, you know, uh, here's one other one. I don't know. I wouldn't bet this one because they both suck. Commander Jags are getting actually it's now two and a half. It was four at Washington. I kind of like the Jags. Trevor Lawrence beat Carson Wentz last year at the end of the season. True. Momentum. <laughs> uh, on the chat, GG says Houston plus seven is money. He loves your pick there, John. Jay says Niners will be up 21 in the fourth. Do you throw Jimmy in? That's not a gambling question, but that is a good question. That is a good question. To protect Trey, John, to protect Trey. Uh, Robert says, I got the under on Bill's Rams. Bill's Rams. What is the over-under on Bill's Rams? What, to me, as a gambler, betting the over-unders is not betting, taking the under, even though it historically I think is a pretty good bet, is not fun. Rooting for punts. I mean, it's just, it's not a fun way to watch the game. Unless you watch in Iowa. Well, to me, unless you're a professional gambler, like if you are, you have like a job and you gamble because you like to gamble, rooting for punts, I don't know. To me, it's just, it's always felt weird. The NBA, the NBA, back when I used to bet the NBA, betting for unders and rooting for misses sucks. Over under 52 on that game, by the way. That's a, that is a lot of points. Actually, I don't hate that bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, John, let's get to uh, the news of the day on Wednesday, which is that George Kittle missed 49ers practice today and is day-to-day, Kyle Shanahan says, with a groin injury. Um, did not practice Wednesday. Kyle Shanahan is not sure if he'll practice Thursday. This is something that popped up on Monday. And Shanahan said he was hoping that Kittle would be better by today. This means that he's not sure if George Kittle's going to play Sunday, which, you know, again, in a game that could be a little wet, bad footing, blah, blah, blah. A groin injury is not an ideal injury to have in, in um, you know, in, well, hell, in an NFL game. But so Kittle may not play on Sunday is the way you have to read that right now. Yeah, to me, this is a moment that reflects him more than it does this individual week and this individual game. Like one running narrative is the wrong word. One running fact with this guy. Some of it has been out of his control. Jimmy once sent him up in the air to get destroyed by Buda Baker and his fucking knee. He was lucky it didn't get shattered. So I'm not putting it all on George. But part of the way George plays in the open field, he's been hurt a lot. This is an injury. Who knows how he got it? Uh, you know, just walk through and practice. I mean, it could happen. I mean, he's a tightly wound, you know, a pretty elite athlete. This is not ideal, though. I mean, it's just it's one of those things that when you say, you know, strains and, you know, hammies, groins, uh, you know, those type injuries are ones Nailed that it. last. I would say, like, if he had a broken finger or whatever, at least you'd know there was like an end date or a broken foot. He's out three weeks. He'll be healthy. There is some finality to it. This is one of those, like, is this one lingering all month? You know, do they have to sit him and then hopefully next week's better and then he comes back? Remember Greenlaw last year, I think, had the hammy, and he he waited, waited. They even gave him an extra in that first game. He was like, God, this guy's flying around. And then he had that moment where it kind of yanks again. And it's just one thing with George, absolutely love the player, love the talent, and you just have to question, like, how durable is the guy? I, I just, I'm not, it's just, a, it's just a reality with him right now as a player. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially given that this is a soft muscle. Like it's one thing to get hurt on the play that Garoppolo got him hurt on. Don't blame George at all. Right. Like that's not to me a reflection of quote unquote injury prone or not. Um, and we'll see if he, if he 
has to play through it, whatever. The fact is, what do coaches say? Like, gentlemen, day one of football. You're never going to be healthier than you are today, right? Well, you don't love a guy not being 100% before week one even starts, which is the case with Kittle. So either A, he's playing through a groin injury, or B, he's got to sit. And keep in mind with Jimmy Ward, like they're not going to rush him back. Same deal, right? Hamstring. We don't want to rush him back and make it. I mean, guy, Jimmy could be gone till like Halloween. You know, I mean, it's, I I know this is not in that category, but the point is like with those injuries, you just, you can't really screw around too much. You, you rely on Kittle to be explosive in the past game and to be an anchor blocking with an offensive line that need, like this is an offensive line right now that looks like they need George Kittle to help. Yeah, so, I mean, t- to me, when and I McGl- pull- and also John McGlinchey's been kind of in and out of practice over the last, you know, over this preseason. I had him written down to just mention, like, kind of a big year and big moment. Like, is McGlinchey? Are we one hundred percent sure he's starting on Sunday? I mean, I think he is, but I just pulled up George Kittle stats. Uh, Nineteen, the Super Bowl year was the sixteen game season. He missed multiple games. Two thousand twenty, obviously, he missed a ton. He missed half the season. Eight. Last year, 14 in theory doesn't look as bad, but it's a 17-game season, so that's three games. So the last three years, he has not even come one game within playing a full season. And this is the, his style of play. I, I have no clue how this happened, but it's kind of irrelevant. Bottom line, you can make the excuses. We can use the Jimmy one. We all agree there. There are some other ones that who knows, maybe if he avoids contact. The, the simple facts are, this guy is not on the field consistently. And we talked about Travis Kelsey a lot, like comparing the two. Like, remember, we went through Travis Kelsey's game log. You know, it's like, boom, 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 boom. Fucking guy never misses a game. Like, I think there are three guys that are, and you could say Mark Andrews too, but let's just keep the three guys. George, Kelsey, obviously Kelsey's the top dog, George, and then Waller. Well, one knock on Waller, he's been injured a bunch. Like, you got to be, like, part of the reason star players become star players, like, every time I turn on the, on the, you know, TV, Aaron Donald's playing in the game. Every time I turn on the TV, you know, whoever, Micah Parsons, whoever the best player is that year, they, they usually play every single week. And when George plays, he impacts the game. But if he's going to have a season where you only play 12 out of the 17 games, like that does impact this team greatly, like you said, because of his addition in the run game. I, I would say that's even different than like Kelsey and Waller, who are, they're lean on in the passing game. But like, those guys, they don't rely on to run the football. Now, obviously, Andy doesn't run the ball, but Josh McDaniels will. And here's the thing with George Kittle. We know Kyle does, right? Because we've always said they basically have seven offensive linemen. Now, this year, some of the interior guys will have to find out if they can play. But we know Juszczyk and Kittle can operate literally as linemen, right? They're two of the best non-linemen. Blo- you could argue Kittle and Juszczyk, two of the best blockers in the league, non-tackle or guard or center. <laughs> They'd have to be near top five. I, I mean, I, I'd have to ask, ask a scout, like, beside George, who even can block as a tight end. I mean, there are some. But George is the best blocking tight end. And, fuck, fullbacks don't even exist. So, there is no Kyle. Use check. Right. Now, the one thing I'd say with use check is, for the most part, he's he's been pretty durable. He's had some freak, like, God damn it, Kyle, get up. But George just, who knows? Maybe he plays this game, but it's just it's already starting. And that's, I think you just said it. it's already started. He was second on the team in targets last year, despite missing three games. Second on the team. The other thing is, you know, I think we kind of assumed that Juwan, after last year, that Juwan Jennings' role would grow this year. But I don't know if he's ready for it. I mean, he didn't look great in camp. 
Now, maybe he's just a gamer. And, you know, some of those big kind of third downs, you need a big target, whatever, where Kittle helps. My thought being maybe Jennings helps relieve a little pressure there, but we'll see. He was really good in big games. Wasn't great in practices that we saw. Was really good in big games. Had some drops uh, in 2022. But, you know, somebody's got to – it's it's you are I, I'm not making any judgments on him until he fucks up in games. That's fair. I'm just saying, like, he is part of what has to replace Kittle. So, if you have to replace Kittle. But you just don't love starting the year with Kittle at less than 100%. If that's And Kittle will try to play, right? Because no one questions his desire. No. No one questions any of that stuff. You know, to me, there are some parallels. I'm not saying saying he's this guy. Gronk's going to the Hall of Fame. But early on in Gronk's career, once he kind of established himself as, like, an elite player, it's like, God, can this guy stay on the field? No one ever questioned, like, does Gronk want to play football? It, this is just a black and white thing with George. Like, can he play? What would you put the over-under at game-wise and feel comfortable taking the over on George as of September 7th? You're saying just like with a percentage chance that he plays on Sunday? No, I'm just saying on the entire season. Oh, if, oh, I, oh. if I gave you, would you feel good at taking the over at 13 and a half? Well, I would have felt better about it three out, you know, <laughs> before I found out he mispracticed with a groin injury today. But... Yeah, I mean that feels like the number because what what did you say? He's he's basically missed played missed three games. Based last on year. average, he's missing three games a year. Yeah, so um, that would be the number. I mean, you know, it also shines a light. At some point, are they going to need another to try and find? And you, I know what you could say is like, well, good luck if you keep searching for another George Kittle. You're going to spend a lot of time looking for another George Kittle. They have not. We see some teams like Bill tried to do it in free agency. Um, try to find a compliment tight end for their really good tight end. And they've tried you know, to I, sign, uh, tried to sign uh, what's the dude's name from Stanford. The Kyle knew uh, Hooper, Austin Hooper. Remember Austin a couple Hooper, years ago? Yeah. Like that would have been, I mean, Ross Dwelly actually often like is able to fulfill his role for them. Um, but they have a lot of tight ends on the roster. They just haven't really gotten close to finding like, you know, I'm not going to even say a one B, but just a true number two kind of well, compliment. Well, like th- last year, the Cardinals traded for Zach Ertz and then they re-signed him in, in free agency, like that type, like more of a true pass guy. Like Ertz, I think was, was Ertz kind of with well, the Niners pretend like, Oh, I think there was some interest. Yeah. Uh, on the stream comment, got like $8 million. Jason Poe to tight end. Out of post. <laughs> uh, Gronk is available, John. I was thinking like Ertzel didn't get that much money. He did sign a three-year, thirty million dollar deal with seventeen million dollars guaranteed. And what was what's George's total guarantee? So it's basically half or, of George's. A little or more. Was that his old contract? Oh uh, no, he signed. Jordan yeah. Reed, Darren on the stream. Jordan Reed for a minute was a was a, actually perfect. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that's kind of what they need, right? Yep. But with George out, they also need George. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's. I mean, that's one of the big. That can is, Trent can Trent just play two positions at one time? Kind of already does. Yeah. <laughs> McGlinchey, I'll help you out too. Let me reach over there. I think this is the biggest kind of is this the biggest wait and see injury news of week one of the NFL now that we know Zach Wilson's out for four weeks? Uh wait, Zach Wilson's out for four weeks? But he's not on IR because they're gonna practice him. But, but they said like don't get ready. Yeah. He's yes, Bronx Hall of Famer Steve. Is Gronk Hall of Famer? Gronk? You trying to I find mean, something? No, I, I meant to do the Hall of Famer. Like, oh. to me, he is. Right? Yeah, no no brainer. It's a no brainer. So, no Zach Wilson all month? I missed that one. Yeah. I think that was today. 
which sucks for the Jets, is that they've seen their schedule. Their schedule is very hard. <laughs> I would pull up their schedule because I thought, God, could Joe Flacco go two and two? Blah blah blah. Their schedule is. I thought they sucked last year. How did they end up with this schedule? I don't know. It happens. Uh, well, part it, of it is like the divisions that you match. It's their up division, with. right? Isn't it Ravens, Bengals, Steelers, and somebody else? Yeah. So I mean, obviously they pl- well they must play the AFC North, which is not going to be easy. And I don't know who their NFC division is, but yeah, they're screwed. Uh, who was their other game? Just for people who are wondering how good their schedule is. Uh, Ravens today. Oh, Browns, Bengals, Steelers. So Dolphins, they could. But the, Dolphins, Packers, Broncos, Pats, Bills. You better beat. You better beat Jacoby Brissett. I mean, there's not a game right now. Probably they play the Bears later. They play the Lions and the Jags later, and the Seahawks. They their schedule is tough. Yeah, they're in trouble. Their schedule is tough. Better Max is better to spend an early pick on a tight end in next year's draft. Michael Mayer, for example, is that guy? Is that Iowa's tight end? Where's Michael Mayer? Michael Mayer. He is oh, Notre Dame's guy. Guess what, guys? He'll be long gone. Get ready for Michael Mayer. And the kid from Napa that is at Georgia, I think both those guys, top fifteen picks. The ki- the dude at Georgia, I think Bowser or whatever. I mean Bowser, yeah. You tell me that guy goes like four. <laughs> I mean, you see that fucking guy? He looks like Vernon. He's like, what are we doing? <laughs> what this guy played at Napa? What was this guy like in high school? One Holy of the Oregon shit. corners tried to tackle him, and it was just like <laughs> that guy is a monster. <laughs> uh um. So that was the first thing that Kyle Shanahan talked today uh, about. One of the other things he talked about was the Niners. <laughs> the Niners have named their captains, John. And uh, Kyle could have named seven or eight or nine, but he didn't. He went with the player vote, and he went with six. The Niners captains are Trent Williams, Fred Warner, Jimmy Ward, Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, and George Kittle. Somebody said, what about Trey? And he said, oh, he was seventh. What about Debo? Oh, he was eighth. So – the Niners quarterback, I saw something in the chat said earlier, two quarterbacks in the quarterback room and zero captains. Um, Trey, not a captain. So does it matter? A. B, I think you can kind of understand it when you read the when you read the names of guys. Like you don't just get to be ahead of Kittle, Bosa, Armstead, Ward, Fred Warner, or Trent Williams, because you're the quarterback and people like you, right? Those guys have earned it on the field, which clearly Trey has not yet. You would love for your quarterback to have earned it somehow, some way, but I don't. It, I, it, to me, it's not a killer when you look at who the six guys are. To me, separate of the guys, I'm with you. They have an elite crop of guys that are captains. He has not earned to be a captain. I mean, what fucking world would Trey Lance beside like the guys liking him? And to me, part of being a captain is more than being liked. Like I, I think of the Patriots, it was like McCordy, Brady, uh, Jewel, Spectre, Slater. Yeah, like you win on the field. When I think the Eagles. Kelsey, when I think of the Chiefs, Kelsey, Mahomes, like you got to earn your stripes on the field. It's more than like he's doing the right things. I watched Dan Campbell. Uh, I think I was an episode late, so not the one where he cut everyone, but the one kind of leading up to the cuts. And he said there are two type of guys on this team. And the first type of guys, he's like guys that are doing everything right on time. We love you as coaches. We're just not sure if you're good enough. And then the other crop of dudes was like <laughs> the dudes, we know you got talent, but we don't like you that much. We question all your bullshit. Uh, but it's like it's hard to pick between those two guys. Yeah. And to me, Trey, given that, you know, we all think he's talented, but really all he hangs his hat on, like he's in early. He's doing, he's being a good teammate. He's working really hard. Like part of it, you got to double that. You also got to be good on the field. All those guys, 
Did you list a non-pro bowler? I mean, Trent's going to the Hall of Fame. George was, by like year three, considered the best tight end in football. Aaron Rodgers went up to Fred Warner and said he thought he was the best middle linebacker in football two years ago. Jimmy is a polarizing player in the sense of like, is the league a little lower on him than the 49ers? But here's what we know. He's like the heart and soul of the team, Jimmy Ward. You know, he gets, he like cracked the top 100. I think he did this year. Uh, not that that fucking matters. But my, my point is that like Jimmy Ward is like what he means the 49ers is well-established. I mean, they literally put Trey Lance's locker next to him, right? So I, I don't, like to me, Trey Lance, you know, I think the bigger question is why isn't Debo a captain more than Trey Lance? It, if you give a rookie a captaincy, like let's fake, let's fake, let's face it, it's a little fake. Like you're, you're he's hoping, not a rookie, but I, I I agree. Yeah, it's a little different because the guys know him. Like to me, the bigger question is like Debo's not a lock, <laughs> and and you and I, let's face it, and this is where the kind of liberal football coach in me, like Debo's not the greatest practice player. Where the other guys like take it, Fred takes it very seriously. Jimmy Ward takes it very seriously. Trent, he's just so fucking good. Who if you don't vote for him, you're an idiot. You know, George takes it very seriously. Uh, Bosa takes it very seriously. You know, you watch Debo. I could see some guys like we need him to win, but right, and that's that's part of football, right? But also, you can p- part of it is like if you build a team that has enough guys that you can depend on, you can afford for Debo Samuel to not be one of your captains, right? Because even if he's not like one of the leaders, he's also not over here just being a, a complete distraction. Um, because you can't like the locker room won't allow you. To. But also, if you ask like Brunskill or Jawan Jennings or Al Shire, like, hey, do, do you want to Debo on the field when you guys play Denver at Denver? Like, right. what do you think they're gonna? And that's also, do you think Debo will make it to the field when you guys play those games? Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes is the answer. So it's like I actually think that would be the bigger thing than Trey because I I I think on his most basic level, you said it, he just hasn't earned it. I'd even go as far as he doesn't deserve it. And there's nothing wrong with not deserving it right away. Like I, I'd argue, if you're in, J- in Jacksonville, I'm sure Trevor's a, c- a captain. Like, does he deserve it? Probably not yet. They just, you better be voting him. I mean, fuck. But they have no one else. Yeah. Some guys, to me, like, uh, it feels very forced that the quarterback always gets it, and and most of the time it's very true. Like the quarterback, like Brady or Rodgers or Mahomes or whatever. But like. Do you just automatically get it just because you're the quarterback? I remember Rosillo did a rant. You, in college, you kind of do, right? As the starter. Yeah. Because in college, you do, like, there are some basic responsibilities for the quarterback, right? The coach isn't allowed to talk to you guys. For, the only guy you can talk to is the strength and conditioning coach, basically, for like two months. So you're supposed to organize all these yeah. throwing days and run the offense and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And everybody, there are no, I mean, there are like some six-year vets, but there's no, you know, there's no Trent Williams in college football. Yeah. The old guys have been there three years. For sure. So it's easier to just step in as like a transfer quarterback and take over. Different in the NFL. For sure. I got, I got, I, I don't even look at it one iota as being weird him. I, I look at it much, a little different with Debo, though having experienced it, I get it. <laughs> you know, I mean, as saying experience practice, like I, I get it. Like Jimmy Ward might not check Debo number one. Team Ham, we don't give out captaincies. It's just WDs, John, war daddies. Yeah, and to me, I, I'd and even he's a, argue... He's a war daddy. I'd argue six feels like a lot. I mean, Jim Tom Sula is the all-time joke when he names 75 captains. I Maybe I'm old school. I like about two. Yeah, but who do you leave out then? I think it's part of it, right? Like I, I would like Trent Normstead and Fred. To me, to me, what you do if you're Kyle, because it's a player vote, is you just kind of... You look at where the break in all the votes are, right? So if those six guys got kind of similar... My guess is there was a big 
gap between all the votes those guys got and then the next group, right? I agree. So kind of like can't... when you look at like Alabama, Georgia, they get a bunch of votes at the top, and then there's like clearly a gap between number two and number three. I I would imagine you're right. I just wonder like because the problem would be like, hey, name two captains on defense, and you went like Jimmy Ward and Eric Armstead. Well, it's like, well, Fred, like a lot of people did view him as a captain. People like him. You feel like, and he's kind of the heart and soul of your middle of your defense because he's a middle linebacker. He's literally calling the defense, and people do view him that way if you just only have two aside. Are you, are you kind of If you like, go to a practice, it's pretty clear. That yeah, at, like out of those three, if I tell you Jimmy Ward, Fred, War- Fred Warner, Eric Armstead, it's like you can't really not name one of those three a captain, right? Yeah. Uh, to me, offense would be a yeah. little easier. I would just go like George and Trent, which I guess right. is what they did. Is Bosa a captain? Yeah, Bosa a captain, but there's only two guys from the offense. George and Trent. Like who else? Dead. Who else are you voting for? Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you hope that like maybe Ayuk is in the mix next year, or whatever. We'll see, but it's fine. The use check literally tells everyone to line up. I mean, you could have voted him. He but, only runs yeah. the offense, <laughs> and well, that was with Jimmy. <laughs> Didn't you say at practice? Remember, you saw him tell Trey to get in the shotgun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was actually Kawakami that saw it first, and he and I was like, "What just happened?" And he kind of broke it down for me. I was like, oh, "Okay." And then I went back and found the play last year when he told Ayuk. That he wasn't in motion, he needed to go in motion. So you got fullbacks just getting no love, man. I was talking to uh, our guy Justin Wilcox, John, the uh, the Cal coach. You know, Larry Fitzgerald came and talked to Cal football, and he only talked to three teams. He talked to Notre Dame, he talked to Alabama, and he talked to Cal. And he said he ran into him. A mutual friend introduced him in like Idaho, and Larry. They talked for like twenty minutes, and Larry's like, "Hey, here's my number. Call my assistant. I'd love to. You know, I'll be happy to come talk to your team." So Justin's like, yeah, whatever. Five days go by. He calls. He expects them to be like, yeah, Larry's booked. He was just being nice, whatever. The assistant's like, we've been waiting for your call. He was like, well, what's the fee? They're like, oh, no fee. Larry's happy to just talk to you guys. Because Justin's like, I'm happy to pay people. They're like, just book his flight, and uh, he'll be there. So he said he, he did some research on Larry. I, you, maybe we've talked about this stat before. Larry Fitzgerald, one stat that we know maybe, and one stat nobody knows. Larry more career tackles than drops. New someone forwarded me that the other day. Yeah. All right. The other one was in 17 years of NFL football, Larry Fitzgerald, you know how many OTAs practices he missed? Three. Two for the birth of a child and one for an illness. <laughs> how about that stat? What is the more incredible stat? I mean, I gotta think. Well, now it, the OT, the practice thing is not even comparable now. I, I would imagine though, like pre 2015-ish. A lot of high-level players didn't miss that many OTAs. Yeah. But I do three, think. 17-year career. If you play 17 years, guy, as a wide receiver and have more tackles than drops and you're a full-time starter the entire time, that is – that's fucking what? Wilcox's quote was, it's the highest ratio of achievement to humility in a human being I've ever witnessed. Because he said – they like like one of their GAs will do like a presentation before the meeting. He said Larry was locked in asking questions. Like he said, it was just incredible. Well, you're you're saying Larry showed up to like the team meeting before he was even going to talk. Larry showed up, and there's just like a few things happen. Like every day, like you know, maybe Justin talks to the team for two minutes. Then like one of the GAs does like a four minute presentation on whatever red zone offense. Or yeah, something Larry like didn't that. just walk in when he was talking. No, it was not one of those. And then Larry Larry was engaged. He said it was just incredible. Larry Fitzgerald, all-time guy. So 
Yeah, say, um, I did. I forget who whose quote this was. But high level ran him into retirement. <laughs> high level people do high level shit. Uh, yeah. What is that quote? Um, might just be like uh, well, that's her, you, you've you've is that are you taking some of what uh, Kanye yeah. said on yeah. Dave when he was with Chappelle? Yeah, probably. Because I'm dope and I do dope shit. Do do most? I I've always assumed like when you see Saban has like SEAL Team Six captain, then you'll have like Ryan Leaf, then he'll have like Peyton Manning, you know, and then he'll have like the seven guys. I'm like, God, what a Kobe, right? And he'll just have like the guys throughout camp, and Alabama will tweet it out. Is he compensating all those guys? I mean, yeah, I, was, I think I think most yes. You get like a ten thousand dollar fee to talk. What, yeah, or, whatever your fee is, absolutely. So all these programs, when you see these famous people, you would say ninety nine percent of the time, if it's not like a, if Peyton goes back and talks Tennessee, maybe that's a little different. But right, right, something like a random, at I, I could see Kobe when he spoke to Alabama, maybe Nick didn't have to pay him, right? I bet they became buddies or whatever. Right, right, right. But for the most part, guys are getting paid. I mean, they, they pay speak. for the jet, right? Yeah, they pay for your travel or whatever, but. There's all you think there's also a fee on top of 100%. There's a fee 99% of the time that you get one of those, which is fine. That's their job. Like, that's how they make a living now. So, whatever. But, uh, yeah. God, how's Fresno State gonna afford anyone to talk? (laughs) Uh, you know, it's probably some tax deduction. (laughs) That's true. That's true. It's probably some way to get, like, you know, move some money around, get somebody's buddy. Honest to God, I would say in any sport. I mean, I didn't know, like, in the peak of his powers, how great of a guy he is. What a quote. What what did you say? The greatest? What, how, how did Wilcox describe Highest him? ratio of achievement to humility in any human he's ever met. He's one of my favorite players of all time. Just to, well, I remember in the peak of his powers to watch play. I mean, he had he's one of the greatest playoff players of all time. Remember, his playoff stats were just stupid. He had a playoff the year that with Kurt Warner where he scored, like, eight, you know, a ton of touchdowns. He threw one. He threw, like, a, a pass against the Eagles in the championship game. That motherfucker was a bad ass. Usually one see... tackles to 29 drops, by the way. I just looked it up. What was didn't... the crazy? Didn't he have like a crazy chase down? Did he force a fumble on like? That sounds familiar. I feel like he forced a fumble. Do you know where humility came into? When Bruce Arians got the job, obviously he was older by then. Bruce wanted to move him inside. And I mean, you know, it was one of those like Steve Kerr wanted Andre Iguodala to come off the bench. Yeah, I think Larry at first like, are you serious? And then he ended up, ended up doing it and kind of extended his career for like four or five years when he was playing with Carson up through Kyler when he realized like I'm out. <laughs> you know, Ky- Kyler, good luck against Chiefs. <laughs> I did see some quotes from Spagnolo today. It's like you know, it might take a little while for our defense to come together. Just kind of saying, like, they got some changes. What's well, weird is so I, the, my problem is I'm rooting against them, but I, I it's not like I think they suck, you know? The Cardinals. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. if you tell me it's a tie game in the fourth quarter, it's believable, right? right? The outcome. If you tell me he has, if you say he has the number one highlight at the end of the day on Sunday, that is a very believable thing. Where he runs around three guys, on the run, jumps, throws it 40 yards, sweet touchdown to tie the game in the fourth quarter. Like, that's on the table. I'm not, I'm not betting against some scrub here. That's my least favorite part of not liking Kyler Murray is knowing he's sweet. Like Tua, it's like I can talk shit about Tua. I feel pretty good about my lot in land. Or yeah. even Baker, like he only has so much talent, even though I kind of think the Panthers are going to win the division. Uh, they might. By the way, I was going to save this for tomorrow real quick. I think, to me, I was I started making a list of like guys that I'm really looking forward to watching this week. 
and two of them are in the same game. Two guys that it's just different new environment or Amari Cooper on the Browns. Forgot back. about that. Yep. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey on the Panthers. I looked it up. Christian McCaffrey hasn't played a game in December since 2019. Jesus. How many seasons since then? Well, two. Multiple. Since, yeah. yeah, two seasons since then. He hasn't played in December the last two years. And obviously he's been hurt in both of those years. So McCaffrey, week one, good defense. Remember, they were kind of like one of those early in the year last year. People were like, oh, shit. Like, are the Panthers really good on defense? And it turned out. Started started 3-0, and remember? Yeah, I do. Uh, against the Browns week one, who they played. I, I got to go back and look, but I think, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, their starting quarterback played. Sam like, Darnold? No, no, no. The Browns starting quarterback. Oh, Jacoby. Jacoby played like several series in their last preseason game. Like they're trying to get their offense just kind of going. Yeah. I think he played like six, five or six series. So uh, just a, that's a really interesting game for reasons other than Baker. Amari Cooper uh, in. John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about our friends at Indeed. Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all at Indeed.com slash ham. Find top talent fast with Indeed's powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Think about that, guy. Indeed is a hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. You don't spend all these hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills. All you need is Indeed. You go there, you type in what you need, and it finds the people with those specific skills. You don't want to hire people that don't have the skills you're looking for. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows that you're doing everything that you can for your company and you cannot afford to overspend on hiring. So visit Indeed.com to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash ham. Yep. Indeed.com slash ham. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. If you need to hire, you need. Indeed. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, 
promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was uh, stunned to find out today while reading Matt Barrels in The Athletic that Nick Bosa has improved his diet, John. Uh, I thought his diet was already dialed, but apparently he has uh, dialed it in even further. He used to eat Chipotle all day. When the bars closed, here's a little sneaky line that like kind of gets glossed over. When the bars closed in the wee hours, he and his crew hit McDonald's. His go-to order, a McGriddle. 550 calories of sausage, egg, American cheese, and gooey goodness. Here's, here's what I would like to interject into that little sentence. I love that we like Chipotle, bad. Went to the bars till 2 a.m. Who knows what happened there? Then he went to McDonald's and had him a griddle. Well, what about the 17 Tito's and vodka soda? Actually, that would be okay. Well, see, that's guy. That's very healthy. You know, is, is he drinking IPAs? Is he drinking Jack and sodas? Like, what is he consuming? If he's drinking Tito's and sodas, one, you know, this is not paid for this line. You don't get hung over. I don't. But they're check the cal- caloric intake. Not bad for you. I just love that we we just blame the McGriddle instead of the the the, the never had like a uh, you know I don't yeah know. beer beer bonged a twenty four <laughs> ounce fucking can of IPA. So anyway, uh, maybe he's on uh, Troy Aikman's new beer. But um, now him and him and uh, he can he can reach ten inches past his toes. That's how flexible he is. When he sits on the ground with his legs straight out, he can reach ten inches past his toes john that, that is, is insane most people can't reach 10 inches to their like within 10 yeah, inches of their that's toes. crazy so here is this guy and i think the thing that really stood out is how dialed in he is on exactly how quick he is his split times he says are as good as they've ever been yeah he looks i mean you and i have been beating this drum for a while we haven't been alone but i'm just saying on this podcast and on this youtube channel subscribe smash that like button that uh he looks like a man on a mission. And we've seen it before years ago with Khalil Mack when he was a defensive player of the year, and there are similar vibes out of here. Here's the one thing I will take away from reading this article and Albert Breer talking to the Bosa's, being an Ohio State guy. And I underestimated this years ago in Joey. And maybe I just, because they're brothers, one thing Joey's mentioned is like Nick's a little more of a focused guy than Joey. 
And I actually think in a weird way, Nick has like raised Joey's game. We say this all the time in scouting. It's one of the questions that is just you hammer home and you get asked about in draft meetings by your bosses about how much guys like football. Mm. I mean, truly means to them. And, you know, when you, you get to talk to like Justin Wilcox, to a coach, football is everything, right? Like Justin is known as just like very serious family and football. Like it's just Kyle, just like his family and football. Like it's on the pie chart. Even if your family is a massive part, football is the other massive part. There is no other pies, you know, like that. that's just the only part of the pie. Football, family. Some people add God in there. But like with coaches, they're all the same. It means everything. There's a small percentage of players. And I think the majority of the great ones, they have a similar pie chart. Like football means everything to them when they're playing. Like Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Aaron Donald. I feel like Nick Bosa is in that category. And I think Joey, whether – I think the Chargers thought Joey was a lot like that when they drafted him third overall and you and me were going over the draft before. It was a little shocking in a draft with Jalen Ramsey, Ronnie Stanley at the time before the bong picture came out right on the day of the draft. Laramie Tunzel was viewed as like a top five pick. And Joey went three. And one thing that we all agree on the Bosa brothers is they were born to beat the shit out of everyone on an NFL football field. And you don't maintain that without being really good. An underrated part of like this draft, you know, Joey's been in the league three more years than like he's been, his career is a little longer than even I, sometimes I realize, right? 2016, we're going into 2022. Like he's been in the league a little while. Yeah. And I, I just think these guys are kind of a scout stream. Obviously, you know, Ohio State blue chippers. I'm not acting like it was hard to figure out in terms of their talent. But to me, what makes them great players, what makes, to me, Nick is more talented than Joey. And that's saying something because Joey's like a consistent potential pro bowler and a guy, you know, battling for an all pro spot is that how dialed these guys are on like getting ready for the season. I, you said that quote about the gym being huge, just two of them. Obviously, it's it's a little unique, right? Like their dad being an NFL guy, being a pass rusher. It's like the family kind of job. But I don't think you can fake in anyone listening to this that, you know, is a Warriors fan. Obviously, a lot of them you in Northern California is like how much Steph and Clay love basketball. And even, I mean, Draymond now, podcast or whatever, but clearly he loves basketball. Like it, basketball means a lot to him. Like Draymond tweets about basketball when he's not like he watches it. And in football is a little different. Like you don't have to watch like football all the time, but like. They're always preparing for football. Like Clay is always a guy like, where's Clay? He's probably just shooting her on his boat. Like it's not, it's not complicated. He's not doing 17. He doesn't have, what's Steph doing? He's either playing basketball or playing golf. And I, I think the Boses are in the weight room or playing football. And that's, I mean, that the, especially Nick, isn't that what you feel pretty good about giving $120 million to? Because if guy, if he has, if he wins the defensive player of the year, like it, we knew his number was going to be big. It, it could be historic. Yeah, it could, I mean, it, and and as long as he's healthy, and uh, you know, I think part of this is part of the point of the Barrow story on the athletic, which is really good. It's like, you know, Nick Bosa would have been fine just doing what he was always doing. Doing what he was always doing would be a Pro Bowl level player, right? He could have been a he could have had a ten year career, you know, on the Niners and made five six Pro Bowls, and you would have been great. Probably, probably a like borderline All Pro player every year, just kind of sticking to the script. Um, what last year looked like. Yeah, I mean he's better than last year, and and one of the quotes in here was McGlinchey was like their first rep against each other. He realized, yep, Nick's faster, and the numbers back it up. This is what uh, Barrows wrote before he was drafted. Bosa's ten yard split was one point five five seconds. 
a good time for a 266 pounder like him. This offseason, his 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 uh, his splits were routinely below one five five. And I, I love this quote. This is what an incredible quote. I, I don't think he's not trying to be funny here, right? My starts, if I'm not under 1.5 on my 10-yard starts, then my nervous system probably isn't on that day, said Bosa. I'm in the 1.4 range every time. What? So he talks about it like it's science, right? His body is science to him. My I mean, he's, ta- he's talking system, about football like Bryson DeChambeau talks about golf. He really is. He's talking about his nervous system. Well, that's why in the when, in in the MMQB earlier this week, when Brew talked to Joey, Joey was kind of giving Nick a lot of credit for helping him raise his game. Basically, Joey was like, "I'm a meathead," and I think that's always kind of been the knock. Joey, to me, one knock on him coming out of college, Zeke too. Ironically, they went three and four, but they were so fucking good. You know, they were the two guys that like beat the shit out of Alabama. Like, yeah, they, yeah, was they partied a lot? Now it mentions here Nick's parties, but I'm talking party party, like party that makes you a little as a as a. Oh, front you office. mean like, hey, you party? <laughs> I'm talking like there were there were just some some I, red flags I, about their party. I follow. I follow. I think Nick is a little more dialed than Joey was at the same stage, and I give Joey credit. He's been in L.A. now for a long time and no issues, right? He's no trouble. Zeke's the only guy that had any trouble of the Ohio State guys of the elite crew. So, I mean, I think Nick might be a little different than his brother in terms of cerebral. Doesn't it feel that way? And I think part of it is Joey could get by a little bit more. This is like nerdy football. He's a more powerful guy. Nick's really, his game, his success, and his dominance is predicated more on speed. And look what he's talking about here. Like, yeah, he kind of knows. I think speed guys sometimes think about shit a little bit differently than like lift, shove, lift, shove, you know? It just it just is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it uh and there's different types of right. You can be a savant at one thing and not be able to, you know, pass a written test on another subject. And I'm yeah, I'm not I'm, Nick, I'm not saying Nick is, you know, he's a Harvard grad here. No, but he's clearly he is a savant when it comes to the thing that matters yeah. most to him. And I think there is a freedom in having a very narrow focus on a goal. When your dad played in the league, when your older brother accomplished it as you know, as quickly as he did going to Ohio State and going to the league. I think it's like one advantage I think that um, sons or brothers of pro athletes have when they're trying to become a pro or, you know, siblings, whatever could be, if your mom was a pro athlete is that it's, it's, I think it's really easy to, to envision yourself achieving that dream and believing that all the work you put in is going to leave to lead to you achieving that dream because you see it right there. Like, yeah, my dad's a pro. Why can't I be a pro? Right. I think having that it's, having that example in front of you um, is something that can really focus you because when you believe that you're very close to accomplishing something, I think you work really hard at it. And um, clearly this guy has accomplished a lot and clearly believes he's very close to accomplishing more. And the Niners are the beneficiaries, but it feels like he's saying I've reached a new level, which if he's reached a new level, what does that actually translate to on the field? Is that 20 sacks? Like what does that really mean? I I I think so. I I mean, I think, I, I think defensive player of the year. He'd be my pick for defensive player of the year. Let's go to uh, DraftKings. I, I I think two guy that it just kind of hit me. One of the most remarkable. Now they are both obviously Peyton's in the Hall of Fame. Eli probably end up getting in. Two brothers that were both the number one picks and then became Hall of Famers and Super Bowl champions have four Super Bowls. <laughs> and Eli's you could argue are like 
more memorable than Peyton's in a weird way. Would you agree with there? Yes. <laughs> more because Peyton was a favorite for so long. Eli was yeah, not. and Pey- Peyton was a favorite in both his Super Bowl victories. Like Eli was a fucking 14 point underdog to the undefeated team. That's an incredible accomplishment. That has a decent chance to never be duplicated, right? Two brothers, number one picks, Hall of Famers. Yeah. Their dad played in the league. These two went. Do you think we'll ever see two brothers be the first position players ever drafted in their draft? Like, obviously, non quarterback. Oh. But like both one went two, one went three. And the only reason they didn't go one, specifically Nick, was because quarterbacks went ahead of them. So if it wasn't for three quarterbacks, these guys would have been the first player picked. That's pretty incredible when you think about it. That right? is. That's really incredible. Yeah. I, I mean, just, it's, I've, I, it never really hit me till now, but once you look at Joey's draft, that it was Wentz and Goff, or Goff and Wentz, whatever. And he, I remember Steve Kime said when they drafted Kyler, because remember, they got a lot of heat, like, you lied to us. It's like, yeah, they lied to you guys. And he said the one thing that like I lost sleep of over was like, we're passing on Nick Bosa, right? I mean, it's looking back, I think Nick and the scouting community was <laughs> – you know, viewed as pretty blue, blue chip, right? I mean, there are, those don't happen that often. Like who was the first player drafted and who just went, who was drafted? Aiden Hutchinson. The, the D line. The, oh uh, the yeah, George, yeah. The yeah. Georgia guy. Like I wouldn't like miles Garrett. I think if you just, just got everyone's take throughout the league, they'd be like, that's a blue chip prospect. I think Nick was in that level. The irony is that the Watts both have defensive player of the years awards and, JJ went 11th and TJ went 20th. Yeah. Are the Bosa's each going to win a defensive player of the year award? It's going to be tough, right? You'd say of the four, TJ's is the most incredible career because, like most of the league, they show you what they thought of him, right? right? People did not view him. That was the next year. That was the 17 draft. Yeah. JJ went, or TJ went 30th? TJ went 30. I mean, Miles Garrett went one. Uh, Taco Charlton went two spots ahead of TJ Watt. Yeah, it's a that's a miss by old Jerry. To Karis McKinley, Tack McKinley, remember him? Got off the plane with like the grandma. Grandma. <laughs> uh, he went twenty six. Charles Harris from Missouri, pass rusher, went to the Dolphins at twenty two. Jonathan Allen went to Washington at good, good player. Good player. Derek Barnett went to the Eagles at fourteen. Still Hassan, on the team. Hassan Reddick went to the Cardinal linebacker. Went to the Cardinals. Um, Solomon Thomas went three. John, I don't know if you're familiar with that draft. He went. If three. the Niners could redo, would they take T.J. Watt there? All right. If you could redo that draft, would you take your options are T.J. Watt, not Jamal Adams. <laughs> yeah, non-quarterback, non-quarterback. Would you go McCaffrey, Marshawn Lattimore, Marlon Humphrey, Jonathan Allen, T.J. Watt, you know Buddha Baker? I'll go. Oh, Buddha was second rounder, so forget Buddha. So TJ Watt, uh, Tredavious White. There were a lot of actually it was a good corner draft. Lattimore, Humphrey, and White all went in the first round. Listen, I'm I'm a, I'm a sucker for the trenches, guys. You can see former guard Davis IO3. I, I would lean, I'd go TJ clearly one. I think Jonathan, I think you could never go wrong. Remember Jonathan Allen last year kicking his teammates' ass on the sideline for looking at him weird? <laughs> Yeah, I'd go. I'd go D line. I'd go TJ, Jonathan Allen. I'd go D line. I mean, Lattimore would be a pretty good pick. I just like I. I I look at corners a little bit like uh, people used to look at receivers replaceable. I understand. Lattimore, yeah. I mean, I like cover corners. He not Revis. 
Remember Sherman yelling at Skip Bayless back in the day about Revis? It was like that Sherman's dude. like third year going on first take or cold pizza and just those two screaming cold at each pizza. other. Austin on the stream says, or would you go Kittle? I would take TJ Watt over Kittle. Uh, who else? Tariq Khan? Anyway, interesting draft. Isn't it crazy how just fast you look back and you went, Solomon Thomas went three and that guy went 30th? How does yeah, that happen? To me, the example, the another example of that is the draft we were just talking about, the, the 16 draft, where Goff, Wentz, Bosa, Zeke, Ramsey, Ronnie Stanley, DeForest Buckner, they've all been to Pro Bowls. And like you said, Laramie Tunzel went 13. Let's slot him in at eight instead of Jack Conklin maybe. And you would have eight straight picks that went to Pro Bowls. And yet, Goff's on another team. Wentz been on two teams since. Zeke, I mean, on the same team because his contract is immovable. Ronnie Stanley, same team. DeForest, new team. I mean, what does that mean? Three of the top seven, even though they all made Pro Bowls, are already on different teams. Jalen's been on two teams. In, in, in fairness to the former Cal Bear, he did go to multiple Pro Bowls. Right. I'm just saying, even that, like, even yeah. when you're, even when you hit the pick, that can sometimes it only lasts for like four or five years. Who, and you know, for a variety of reasons, like Jalen yeah. Ramsey's not on the Jags for a different reason than you know Carson Wentz isn't on the. Can you scroll up so I can just? I, I'm always I like the twenties. That's always a little sweet spot. It's right, always a cool player and some shitty players. Joshua Garnett went twenty eight. Um, DJ went 29. Dotson sucks. Paxton Lynch sucks. Kenny Clark. I mean, look, look, Kenny Clark went 27. There's always a pick like in the late 20s. But that's Kenny just a complete was, ass he was, kicker. He was a red flag guy, wasn't he? I don't remember the knock on him. Or was his red flag not until he left Green Bay and Seattle signed him? No, no, no. You're, you're thinking Frank Clark. Oh. This is UCLA Kenny Clark. Thank you. Frank Clark, red flag. Yeah. Frank Seattle, Clark. Seattle got crushed for that. Remember? Oh, that was just a draft pick. Yep. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Kelly in the Keanu Neal. Yeah. Draft got pretty shitty there in the teens. Laramie Tunzel, man. Miami got lucky. Carl Joseph went 14. And DJ, bad pick there, Kyle. Yikes. Niners had him in for a minute. Even we identified that one as uh, maybe a pass. Uh, Brian you, Kelly. How, yeah. Is, is Aaron, is Aaron judge going to hit 70 home runs? What's his, what's his pace right now? Uh, you know? what's he at? 53, 50, 55, 55. They play a double header today. Did he go deep today? Do you think it's a big deal if he breaks the Yankee record? Did he hit 50? Uh, did 50? I do think it's a big deal. Yeah. He hit 55 today. Yeah, Roger Maris's record, so he's six away from Maris. And and they play another game today as we record this or as we're live on YouTube. I think it's a big deal, don't you? Well, oh, uh, this threw me off. Hits 55th home run, sets franchise single record for right-handed hitters. Oh. That's kind of like throwing your nuts on the table. Like, yeah, we got some guys that hit home runs here. But what is do you have the Yankees record in front of you? Uh no, because I'll tell you the other one that kind of interests me is, you know, Babe did it in less games than Roger Maris did it. That was one of the criticisms of Maris is that he got 162 and Babe got 154. Um, Babe hit 60. Um, uh, and and uh, Babe also hit 59. <laughs> so Judge, Judge is at 55. Yeah, I'm not sure what the pace is, but I think it's he's got tw- 27 games left. So that's like a month of baseball, right? So what can you hit in a month? 15? That's a lot, I guess. 10? Yeah. Like he, he, he'd get to 65. Yeah. He's just got to get to 62. 65 would uh, 
He's got to get to 67 to break Sosa's record. <laughs> I was a thing about that year. It's like Mark hit 70. Sosa hit 66. I know. It's insane. And finished in second place. Someone sent me a good tweet. About Sosa it. hit more home runs than Roger Maris three times. He actually hit more home runs than Maris, more times than McGuire hit more home runs than Maris. McGuire did it twice. Sammy did it. Sammy did 63, 64, 66. Is Aaron Judge having the greatest season in the history of Fresno State Athletics for a pro? Uh, just individual statistical season. For a guy that went to Fresno State, going to the pros. Yeah, right? I mean, off the top of your head, you'd go, Dilfer went to a Super Bowl, but it wasn't individually amazing. Terry Pendleton was a Bulldog. I'm, he had some pretty good years. I don't think he, you know. He, he with the Terry Pendleton, I don't think he won an MVP. Uh, yeah, he did. Terry Pendleton won an MVP in 91. So that'd be a pretty good year. Now he hit, you know, it, it's hard. The Paul, George, Paul George has been first team NBA, all NBA before, which is pretty freaking good. But an MVP, but like this level of MVP season, I would say would, I would remember there was a moment that year for Paul George too. I think he got hurt at the end. He was like, could Paul George win the MVP? I think Russell got hurt is when he was on OKC. I, I, I would take this Aaron judge season, but he's, his career has been pretty remarkable. I think given what people thought about him, right? Devontae's best year. I would say Aaron Judge's season this year is more impressive than any. Now, Devontae could get there, right? Yeah. Super Bowl team wins, you know, all first team all pro. Yeah, I'd Terry, say Devontae. Terry who's, a, who's had a better pro career, Devontae Adams or Paul George? Feels like Paul. Oh, Paul's done it longer, right? Paul's a couple years older. Yeah. Paul, Paul, Paul's just been at the top. It took, although it took Paul a year to kind of get going. He didn't hit the ground running as a rookie. He got benched for like a month. Jim O'Brien was the Pacers coach. They benched him. They, they didn't take him on a road trip his rookie year. I remember they left him home. I actually said that pretty confidently that Aaron Judge, and then you realize like Fresno State, these like Devontae and Paul specifically, like the last decade, produced two pretty elite players in basketball and football. I mean, right? they've been two of the best players in their sport, right? All yeah. NBA's five guys, right? Well, De De Devontae's first team all pro twice, last two years. Yeah. Now, again, I mean, I do think if you hit sixty, if you hit fifty-five home runs, I would put it. I'm telling you, look, Terry Pendleton, John, ninety-one MVP, ninety-two finished second for the MVP, led the league in hits. Again, just the numbers are not going to be. You know, it was twenty-two and twenty-one homers, but um, sleep on the dogs. Lane Kiffin. Somebody mentioned Lane Kiffin. You know, he, I saw someone put like their least five most disappointing teams week one. It was like Oregon won, but like Ole Miss was like two or three. And I was like, didn't Ole Miss just win? Jackson yeah, I mean, I, I don't think – I didn't watch the game. I looked at the box score. I, it wasn't like an explosive box score. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, which – Jeff Weaver, did he ever put together like a uh, – he's a Bulldog. Long Beach State guy was way better. Jared. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Love Loneal, but I don't think he's getting in the Hall of Fame. You don't think? Do you think we're going to fall back in? Uh, use Juice. Well, Juice uh, has Mayoko. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> Juice has Mayoko. You're right. I mean, is there a chance like that's you know, like Juice plays another five years, another ten years? What's what's Matt? You think fifty? You know, like when Matt's getting like near in retirement, like one of his last stands is to get Kyle Use check in the Hall of Fame. You could see that. And he like I retire, and I'm like, and then he gets in one time as a contributor, he gets as like one of the great 
football uh, media guys. Yeah, the speech he put on and the what the things Mayoko said in the room. Nobody could turn a room like Mayoko. I Hainer do think on the ham pod. I, 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 yeah. I'm not trying to oversay this just because we're we like the guy, but he does feel like one of the of his era, and he's got another decade plus going. I'm sure, unless he wants to retire or do something else, he'll go down as one of the most important, you know, media guys of his era, non-national. I agree. I if you wanted, if Matt want, needs our vote, we yeah tell the big start guy the, whatever start the campaign now. What if Matt's the guy that starts knocking? St. Mary's had taken over for David Baker. <laughs> well, who's that's an open job? Who's taking over? Uh, good question. I don't know because it's got to be probably somebody who's not too rich, former player who's not too rich. David Baker was a former player, right? Is yeah, he in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I don't think so. No, you can't have like Ray Lewis pounding on the door, like you made it. <laughs> I mean, that'd be a good one. I do think you could go on a rotating cast of like dudes that don't have much going on that are like super famous. But what's cool about David Baker is he is most famous for that, right? Being now. massive and knocking on the door and being you know? humongous. Yeah, like he can hug all these guys and he's bigger than all of them. So, what's your favorite David Baker knock? <laughs> oh, the Bryant Young one, John. I, I have one that stands out. I'm only saying that because it came to my head. They he went with Mark Davis, top five down- knocks. <laughs> down to floors his house in like Palm Springs. He like lives on one of the golf courses down there, and like Mark's right by his side. And David not like, at his house. Usually, it's always at the hotel, you know. Yeah, yeah. But they went to floors his house. It's just the two of them with a guy camera, Mark and him. I just, I don't know why I found. What that was Flores' reaction? His wife came, you know, and then he, he had to. She calls for him. I think if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure his wife answers the door. Again, I mean. Oh, I don't think our generation knocks as many times. Like when we were growing up, people come to your door. It's just not, it's much more normal. Like you see the florist, his wife and him. It's a normal react. They've been opening their front door to people right. forever. You knock yeah. on my door. It's like, we got an intruder. Let me, let me like, check. Let me check the video doorbell. My, Everybody down. When I was a kid, like every 20 minutes, like I got the door. No, I got the door. It's like, who's even coming? People would call. You wouldn't know who was calling. Oh my God. It was just relentless. I, I thought, you know, I think it's better that way. A little surprise in your in your daily life, but uh, you you could argue in this newer generation that the door knock could end. Well, it the drop just... in is like out completely, right? Oh, the unannounced drop in just coming to kick it. What are you doing? Can I just come in and like, oh, you want? Oh yeah, we got some extra food. You want to come kick it? Like our generation never does that shit. It's in, it's an insane thing to do. Yeah, build doors open, side doors wide open. Or just walk in, come in. I used to my friends' houses growing up. Open Sometimes the their garages would be open, and you just come in through the garage, like, right. "Oh, hey, hey, Cindy." They're like, "Oh, John, what's going on?" Now you'd immediately go into like fight or flight mode. Who's that? Grab something from the fridge, right? Open up the fridge yourself. Uh, all right, uh, Thursday night. We can talk about. We'll do another pot on Thursday. We can talk. You know who's playing Thursday, John? Is fr- speaking of friends of the show, Khalil Shakir, the punt returner for the Bills, Boise State. Friend of the show. Made the squad. Made the squad. Fifth rounder. I mean, better make the squad. So I think uh, what, pl- I think he plays. He's their starting punt returner. No shit. That's what I saw in the depth, their depth chart. Uh one one little uh, nugget I forgot to drop in earlier. I heard Florio say the Bears, Florio thinks the Bears roster sucks because they picked up six guys on the waiver wire. He's like, if you're good, you should not be picking up six guys on the waiver wire. So that was one other little nugget. True. The Jets, who sucked last year, I think had seven guys claimed. Wow. 
upgraded their roster quickly. And I heard that like if you factor in the week and a half before, they had cut, I think, nine guys who were claimed by other teams. So like So they should be loaded. Yeah, I mean, how does that make any sense? Yeah, it just comes down to their uh Do you know what's funny is I almost tweeted out, where was I? I was at the hotel in Nashville, sitting there. It would have been on like I don't know. Now the waiver had already happened, but I was watching NFL Network and they were doing a rerun Jets Giants. And it's your classic like third quarter, you know, I don't know who the Jets it's like Anthony Richardson, the former player, and Bob Wachusen, whatever. Joe Douglas in the box, headset on, BS, and just a lot of like, God, Joe, this team, you know, just everything so positive. And then Anthony Richardson said, like, Joe. It looks like, you know, pe- this. so this is a week, you know, this is a delay, or it's already happened, so, I. but I didn't know. And he starts saying, like, you're going to have a lot of, I bet a lot of teams are calling you about some of the defensive and offensive linemen that you're going to cut. And I almost tweeted, like, these home broadcasts in the preseason are just such a circle jerk of BS. Who is going to claim the Jets player? And then later I go to, like, a walk, and I just put in Michael Lombardi's podcast, and that's when I heard that they had seven players claimed. They oh. weren't kidding. They actually had a roster of people interested in signing guys. All right. Well, I won't judge you just on your waiver wire. By the way, one correction. I guess Salah said that Zach Wilson could be back week four. So that's the earliest he could return this week four. But that is definitely news. I So he is not playing this week. It's not like a... Not playing this week, not playing next week, not playing against the Bengals. Could play at Pittsburgh. Could be his debut this year. Flacco. Salvador on the stream says the Hall of Fame should go with the Jehovah Witness for the knock. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, this has an opportunity to do something kind of funny. <laughs> Not Jehovah Witness, but. All right, we'll be back on Thursday uh, with some more picks for the weekend, as well as uh, the latest news and notes from around the league. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Peace. You got to go. Pe- Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.